Join Deacon Charlie this week for part two in this three-part series, Napa Conversations. These episodes were recorded remotely from the Napa Institute Conference, an annual event that unites academic, business, and faith leaders to discuss ways to support and advance Catholic apostolates throughout the country. This week, Deacon Charlie talks with Darnell Miller, producer at Max Studios at the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas. The two discussed their experiences at Napa and Darnell's work at Max Studios, how he's engaging with the culture, working with people from diverse backgrounds, and exploring what faith looks like across the country through authentic stories showing the beauty of the human experience. We've been more intentional about framing people's narratives, like what was the moment that proved yourself, right? And how did God factor into that? We want to see God at work in people's lives. We tell people we're reverse missionaries, right? Like we're not going out to tell people about Christ. We're going out to find stories of Christ in people's lives and then telling those stories. This is Living the Call. Darnell Miller. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much. So great to have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's been, a, it's been a fun time. This is the opportunistic recording opportunity because we're here at Napa. What, what, what have you thought about this whole experience? I mean, you've been, here for the, you've been here the whole week, right? Yeah, I've been here the whole week, yeah. And it was, it was an interesting experience, right? I came in here like not really knowing what was going to happen. Um, What'd you expect just from what you'd heard? Was it- so what, what I was told was it was rich people figuring out what to do. <laughs> to give their money to help out different apostolates, different evangelists, different people like that. Um, and Jeff, my boss would say, he's like, he's like, people are going to like us because we're not going to ask them for money. Oh, nice. We're just showing them what we're doing. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, but that was the experience I had, right? There's definitely some people here who do, who are doing that. And there's people here who are fundraising. Yeah. But what I found is the majority of people here are, are, are here to find people to collaborate with, to share what they're working on, yeah. just to, to be renewed and to be excited about what's happening in the church and kind of be inspired and filled up to go back out and um, go back into our worlds where we don't see each other all the time and kind of get focused in, right? Yeah. It's so easy to get lost in just the day-to-day of like, I'm trying to do this thing and I'm the only one trying to do this thing that I know of. Um, and the whole church is on my shoulders. But like, no, when you come to something like this, you're just like, there's other people who feel the same way. Amen. And we can bear this load together. You know what's crazy about it is like I was, I was riding the elevator on the way down just this morning and the lady in the elevator was like, oh, I'm so sad to be leaving my little, this little great kind of Catholic bubble. And my thinking was, I totally get that sentiment for mm-hmm. all the things you just mentioned. But um, the notion that, you know, we're, the whole world's supposed to be our Catholic bubble. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? And the whole idea of taking this out with you. I also love the simplicity of whoever it was that gave you the feedback on that. I was like, yeah, rich people, they're looking to see how to put this stuff together. Um, because a lot of that is definitely true, which is what makes, uh, you, you, you were at Mass City, you heard the today's gospel, right? Yeah, it was absolutely. like, you know, people who store the, you know, it's like, I'll oh, build a bigger barn and store everything up. And the yeah. next thing you know, you know, the man calls you home at that moment. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's a combination of, um, you know, a lot of people who have been very blessed materially, but mm-hmm. who are also looking to put that, uh, to good use in a variety of different ways. So I, I love the kind of whole network aspect of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, uh, I mean, that's that's what you do, right? These people have been blessed beyond, you know, their, their wildest imaginations in many cases. And the fact that they're like saying, I want to do something with this that's going to go beyond me, that's going to help our world, to help our culture. Like, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. Like, no matter how much you're making, no matter what you're doing, like that is how we orient ourselves in all things. And the fact that they have the money to do it is awesome. That's what they're going to do with it. Yeah. It's also interesting that this is your first time coming to Napa because um, you're getting to experience. I mean, I've only been twice, 
but you're getting to experience some things that are um, kind of happening in real time. Right. Mm-hmm. Last night during the uh, keynote, we had some some yeah. protests, right, which I had never happened before mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. I mean, obviously, this has been going on for over a decade. And it's like, you know, the, the, the sort of the more intensity and the more heat is happening inside of here, the more that certain, you know, forces in the world might rebel or, or, or reject mm-hmm. that. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. What, I, I thought, I, I want to hear your thoughts on what you thought about it, that experience. So, yeah, it's, um, it was interesting, right? It was, uh, I talked to my wife about it a little bit last night. Um, it was a, it was an interesting place to be, right? It was a little bit of cognitive dissonance, um, for me because, um, I, yeah, like I, I do think, I, I understand that people are upset with the church for a myriad of reasons. Um, and th- some of them are justified. I get that. Um, but it's just so interesting. Like I feel like in that moment of protests, um, the crowd first, like, you know, was kind of fighting back with the clapping. And for me, I was like, I don't know if that's the right response. Yeah. Like, we're not on Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so that was kind of like in my head, I was like, that is interesting. That's not the response I would have. And in that moment, I felt like a tremendous amount of empathy for the people out there who are protesting mm. because like they're doing it out of some sort of hurt. Mm-hmm, right. Of course. And that applause is not addressing whatever perceived needs that they have. Mm. But then the shift into prayer, I was like, okay. That is, that is the appropriate response. That is like, the response. Um, we're praying for ourselves. Um, I didn't feel like, like our safety was ever in danger. Sure. Um, but we're, you know, we're praying for ourselves, but also we should be praying for the people out there mm. that, that the Holy Spirit kind of works on them and enlightens them, gives them, you know, the, the peace that they need, the, the closure, the opportunities to heal that they need um, and find resolution. But also I think it's a call for us to look inside ourselves as, uh, as, you know, Mother Church and be like, okay, like what are the things that we've done as a church that these people are hurt by mm. and how justified are they? And if they are justified, what are we Amen. going to do yeah. to make sure that we can welcome them in as best we can? I dig that. <clears throat> one of the, one of the things that, um, you know, to that point that I thought was missing in our response yesterday, I mean, it was beautiful that we prayed and mm-hmm. interestingly, supernaturally, right. It's like we start praying all of a sudden the, the protest just dies down. Yeah, right? yeah. It was really cool to watch. But was this, there was a lot of chatter, like in my table, I don't know, and mm-hmm. maybe even somebody on the stage, I forget, but there was a little bit of like, oh, kind of knuckleheads and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's like, that's not going all the way, right? Mm-hmm. We we prayed and that was good. We showed the right response. But the reality to your point is that those folks out there are also the God's kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and if they're upset or pissed off or whatever it is, like it, it's incumbent upon us to go and try to engage. Now they may not receive that message, but guess what? That's Christianity. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. may not receive the message, you know, yeah. but I know some people walk by and said hello to them and all that. And that's good. That's, that's a, that's a first step. But I know that there were also like 20 guys out there that were ready to go kick some ass. And I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, let's, you know, that's kind of not what we're supposed to be doing. It reminds me of, I, I, I don't know if it was the, uh, the second reading last Sunday or the Sunday before, yeah. um, where, uh, Paul's talking about the Gentiles. Mm. Um, and I, I've, I've been reflecting on that a lot because of like, who are the Gentiles, right? Like, like they can be anybody and they have been us. But, um, Amen. I think this idea of like, people are like freaking out. They're like, Oh, like we can't do that. That's the Gentiles. They don't believe what we believe. You know, God's, you know, love can't extend to them. And we're like, no, no, it is extending to them. It is. And we see that throughout history, right? We see that um, in kind I mean, of... Think of Paul himself. Yeah. I mean, talk, he would have been the guy with the he was, with the, yeah, he was the Gentiles. And we see it across, like, that's how they, they, they baptized Europe. That's how they baptized the Americas, right? Like, somebody's always been Gentile. Hmm. And there's always that, that resistance. Like, I think of, a, in particular, of 
uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm. right? Like the 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 native like the native people there were seen as subhuman. Were they even worthy, um, to, or even capable of being saved of mm. salvation? And the apparition, Mary comes and points to Juan Diego, and she says, "You mm. are who we're called to." And then the message for for the for the for the Spanish priest for the Spanish conquistador is just like, "Hey, no, wake up!" Like they That's they right. are also you you. Like are calling them in to be your brothers. Amen. And so it was kind of like that dual message. And so I think of in that moment, who's the Gentiles? Like they were the Gentiles. Um, and we called them in to be loved. They are, you know, they are worthy of salvation or they need to be, they need salvation, right? And so I, I don't think the the knucklehead comments is going to help anybody. It's going to keep pushing people away. Like we need to draw them in. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you are you the type of person that like needs to discern an experience for a while, or do you kind of come to an insight pretty quick? Like, what kind of person are you? A little bit of both, right? I can pretty both. quickly kind of like figure out like I like how it sits with me, but then I I spend a lot of time not ruminating, but kind of dissecting like the the particularity. So I'm going to talk to my wife about this for like three weeks. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm the same way as you. And, um, but nevertheless, there's been one thing that's kind of hit a few times throughout mm-hmm. this conference for me. And then I know that's maybe going to build with the Holy spirit and it ties back to what you were just saying that this is a two way street. Absolutely. And the fact that in ministry, it is we who are healed too. Mm-hmm. Right. In other words, like this idea of, we're kind of going to go and talk to the protesters because they're wrong and we're right. And, you know, that's like step one, right? Mm -hmm. Go and engage. But step two or three or four, whatever, is also the realization that by that engagement, like we ourselves can be transformed. There may be something that God's trying to communicate to you to Mm -hmm. go and engage. And that that person, as crazy as they may feel with their sign about abort yourself, because I actually saw that yesterday, you know, all these different crazy signs, there is something, now you're not going to find it on the sidewalk there because maybe they're just too angry, but engaging through a relationship of some kind that you may find something that the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to you. It's mm-hmm. like a two-way street. You know what I mean? It's not just you trying to help somebody or do whatever. That's one of the themes that's hit me throughout this. And uh, like some talks and some homilies and some different things. And even what you just said, you know, it's like they're kind of adding up for me. So I, yeah. I need to ruminate on that one a yeah. little bit. There was a, there was a guy holding up a sign yesterday that said it was like the... Yeah, he was a. Uh, there's a guy that was up a sign yesterday that said, um, you know, bring all your all your poor, your tired, your helpless, all that. I think what's what's the uh, the Statue of Liberty kind of quote, mm. and then it flips around and it says, and you're racist and you're misogynists, and mm. that like thinking about that, I was like, all right, like there's multiple levels to this, and I don't think he meant this, but like he didn't mean to be so deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like. One, like you're, you're right to call out the racism and misogyny in the church, right? That is an issue. We need to do that work. Amazing. Yes, I'm on your side right there. But also they are welcome in the church because they also need to be healed. So yes, bring them along. Yeah, <laughs> like true. we need all of that. But I, he didn't mean that. He was kind of calling us out. Be like, hey, you are the racist and the misogynist. How did you feel? Speaking, bringing up racism, how, how did you feel? And, and by the way, I want to make absolutely clear. At no point did I feel any kind of racism here at this conference. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, you and I are people of color, right? Mm-hmm. And we walk into rooms and there's not a lot of color in this room as yeah. an example. Um, it was funny. Somebody called me and, and a buddy of mine said, make sure you meet with so-and-so. And I was like, great. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to describe what kind of shirt are you wearing? And I'm like, dude, just tell him I'm like a bald brown guy. And there's like three of us, me, Monsignor, Eugene Morris and Darnell, <laughs> like, it, and, and two of us aren't wearing a cassock. So yep. it's easy. We'll figure it, you know, they'll, and I joked about that, which I think is the right spirit to do that thing. Mm-hmm. But did you, were you any, were you aware at all in, in, a, in a more specific way, uh, kind of the room you were in that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think of, 
we, I, I, was, I was talking to my wife about this again, right? Um, I'm, a, I'm a brown kid from the border. Yeah. And uh, like, I I'm just, that. I'm in Napa now. And that is, that is a weird cognitive dissonance to have, right? Like yeah. this is not a place I've ever imagined myself being in. Like that, it's not like to say I didn't aspire to this. So I, I don't aspire to this, but it's just a, it's an interesting place to be. But I'm supposed to be here yeah. because right. I think the work that we're doing, right. The, the, the way that the church is growing and the way it's shifting, um, like we're going to need leaders who look like us mm. and who's going to do it. Right. That's kind of been, I feel like that's kind of been the tug of like me and leadership roles my entire life. That's I, another good one. Yeah. yeah if, I, not I, you, if not you, who? Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember I did, I was interviewing for a, uh, an area coordinator position when I was a, when I was in college, I was, it would, I would have been in charge of all of the the resident assistants, mm. and nobody had applied for the job, so they opened it up to like a grade younger, and so I was like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Um, but I was in the interview, and they're like, well, why should we hire you? And I was like, who else are you gonna hire? I love that. And they're just like, well, yeah, blah blah, mm. you know. And I was like, but that's like that's literally why I stepped up. There was nobody else who's gonna do it. And I was like, I guess I will. Mm. And so that's kind of like where I feel at my in the church, right? Like I want all these things to happen. Who's gonna do it? I guess I will. Like, well, and it's and, and it's super important the work that you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I do want to touch on a little bit about Mac Studios and everything else that's going on there. But the idea of if you do it, if you respond and you're present and you're there, mm-hmm. then when other you know brothers and sisters see you and they're like, oh, that's like a guy who comes from a border town who kind of looks like me, and they and they 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 feel maybe a bit more permission to enter yeah. those spaces, right? And I think that that's a big part of getting that to happen. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand like the, like especially people in our communities, right? Like in the Valley, like you don't have to be wearing a blue blazer and khakis to be Catholic. I love it. That's my life. Like you can show it. up in like your, your you can show up in your, your Wadaches, right? Like, and that's you and that's, and you're still Catholic, right? You don't have to, you don't have to present or you don't have to try to fit in because you already belong. Um, I love that. And yeah, that's, that's the way I want to do it. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to be like more consciously avoid um, code switching, mm. um, just as a part of like a part of part of protest, part of it, but also because I want to be authentic in the way I actually talk to people. Like the way I talk at home is very different than the way I talk at work, but it shouldn't. Be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the mental, you know, hurdle in my head where I'm like, oh, but I want to be authentic, but like, I'm not the way I am at home when I'm at work. Yeah. And I need to break that down somehow. It re- it redounds to you very positively that you're coming to that realization as young as you are, because it took me a lot longer to figure mm-hmm. that out. But this idea, it, it really is just an extension of living an integrated Catholic life. Yeah, right? It's absolutely. like kind of being who you are. Yeah. And it breaks down. I, I'll, I'll tell you a funny, you know, kind of aside, because this came up for me very recently. I was recently in a documentary and um, the guy who's bought the money behind the documentary is this guy. He's a friend of mine. I love him dearly. And I'm not going to mention his name, but if he hears this, <laughs> he'll know who he is. But he's a, he's like a very buttoned up dude. Okay. And he's got like suit, tie, whole nine yards. I mean, mm. he, he probably works out in a tie. Okay. Like he's always <laughs> like just dialed up that way in a very corporate way. It's not like stylish necessarily. It's just very corporate. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, in th- this, this documentary was a series of voices talking about like lay leadership and all this stuff. And um, right before it's my time to talk, right, we're shooting this, we've got the whole studio set up the whole nine yards. And I walk in and I'm wearing like a short sleeve, black shirt. And that's like, that's my jam. Like, that's what I do, right? And uh, he goes, Deacon, um, you know, could could I convince you to put a jacket on? Because you'll be the only one who's not wearing one. And I was like, and you know, I think in other instances... And I wasn't doing it to be rebellious, but in other instances, I might have said like, yeah, let me go grab a jacket. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool, whatever. But I was like, what I said to him was, that's not who I am. 
That's all I said. It's like, that's not who I am. I mean, yeah, I, I've worn, I wore a jacket last night, you know, because mm -hmm. we had this big gala and all this other stuff. And so in certain contexts, I will, even though I did have a Tijuana t-shirt on underneath it, <laughs> but my wife made me take it off. Anyway, um, but at that moment I said, that's not who I am. And mm -hmm. like the look on his face kind of changed a little bit. And he's like, okay. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and I just went and I, and I did my thing, but, but there is code switching, right? Yeah. I never thought of it in a Catholic context, but you're right. Yeah. And the thing is like, he wasn't asking you because he was like, you need to dress up better or anything. Like he was just like, Hey, this is kind of the look we, this we thought we were look, going exactly. for. Yeah. Um, but then when you say that's not me, he's like, Oh, right. Like we don't all have to be that. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's important. I was, I was joking with, uh, with Bridget the other day. I was like, my goal is to be able to show up every day dressed like a Puerto Rican Theo from like the Bronx. Like, I love that dude. And you gotta like, bring that energy in yeah, here. Yeah. And like, like, and she was, she was like, that's, she's like, that's so specific. And I was like, yeah, but I want people who look like that to be like, Hey, you are called to do exactly. God's work. Exactly. And there right? are people who feel that they don't, they're like, Oh, that's not for me. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I, I think I shared it on your podcast was the whole thing that kicked off my Hispanic ministry thing in the church was that exchange I had with an altar server who was like, I'm never going to go to the English mass because mm -hmm. that's, that's the white people mass. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? You don't even speak Spanish. It's like, <laughs> how would you not feel comfortable there? But then the, the problem of how big that sentiment uh, impacts the church at large. And mm -hmm. that if there's like thousands of young people, you know, young Latinos in particular, who don't feel like that's them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a problem. And it already is because we're seeing in the numbers, right? So yeah, like that yeah. sentiment is a real sentiment. And the whole khakis and blue blazer thing, I love that because I use that line all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, I think about that, right. I, I was back in the Valley where I grew up the other day, um, we went to visit family and I went to, you know, went to the parish that I grew up in and it's, it's pretty casual, right. In terms of what people like, I mean, there's, there's very few shorts, which is like, I think is like, yeah. that's the line for yeah. in my head, but the people are wearing like, you know, the, the, the teenagers are wearing like t-shirts. Some of them are wearing polos. Like the, the old men are wearing the Yavetas or they're wearing like the button down shirts with like the big heavy chains. Um, you have your, you have your, like your super, you know, Mexican feels who show up like full cowboy regalia. For sure. Right. Like that's, you know, the Mexican the dress up. That's the, the way you do in. it. Yeah. yeah. You got the Wranglers, the, uh, yeah. the, the state pressed or whatever they yeah, are. That's right. Yeah. And like, that's the vibe, right? That's how they like, but when you go to like a wedding or you mm. go to a quinceanera, mm. that's what they're wearing. That's the best. Yeah. Like that's how they do it. And that's like, that's the way the culture works, right? If they showed up in a suit, like that's not them. That's not how we, we get dressed up that way. So, so I, so I want to talk about that sentiment. And, and as you see this and you're talking about it with such energy and passion, you're also the creative director of this great initiative with, mm -hmm. uh, with University of St. Thomas, Max Studios, and you guys are creating amazing content and kind of trying to bust them the veil a little bit about, you know, the idea of digital media and like you baptizing the superhighway. You've got like this great kind of concept. Yeah. How do you envision what you just said, like being brought into that work? So, I mean, I think what's beautiful about this is that it is mostly social media, digital media, right? Um, and so there's so much freedom and there's so much possibility and there's so much potential reach in this. And we, and the thing is what, th what thrives on social media is authenticity, mm. right? So if we are trying to play a part, people will know. Um, so the more ourselves we can become, the more upfront about like, hey, these are the things I am. And this is what I'm interested in. This is how I'm going to serve God. People are just like, yeah, that's real. Mm -hmm. um, and that attracts people, whether they're trying to do the same thing as you or not, whether they look like you or not. Um, but I think that we're at a, we're at a Catholic serving institution, right? We're um, the number one rated Catholic or the number one rated private institution that serves Hispanics in the country. Um, we're an Asian serving institution. We're the only Asian and uh, Hispanic serving institution on the Cardinal Newman guide. Really? Yeah. Um, and like that is our population. Mm -hmm. And 
we need to make sure that our students, like when we're creating Catholic content, that our students see themselves in this. Mm. Like, it's not just like, oh, other people, like, no, it's them. They're in front of us. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's super important. Like the way we're trying to do that is, I mean, right now it's Bridget and myself and Bridget's, you know, she's black from Louisiana. I'm half black, half Mexican. Um, the, uh, our student host is also Hispanic. She's her, she's originally from Mexico. Nice. Um, we're trying to bring in people of, you know, people of color, people from diverse backgrounds to share their experiences. And we're trying to train our student interns to be authentically themselves, right? Mm. To talk about what they like. She's, um, Isabel's awesome. She is in love with Bad Bunny. That's her favorite artist ever. And I was like, this is cool. Like, what do you want your show to sound like? And she's like, can we do it like that? And I was like, we can find royalty for music that sounds like that. Yes. I love that. Um, so we're trying to make, we're trying to bring that in, right? And we're trying to talk to our students to kind of figure out what they're interested in and what they want to know about and how they want to do, approach things. And there's so much there's so much culture, right? We're at a very diverse university. We have a large population of Muslim students. Mm -hmm. We have a ton of Hispanic students from different backgrounds in the Hispanic, you know, diaspora, right? Mm -hmm. We have, you know, you've got your Mexicans, you got your people from South America, Colombia and Venezuela and El Salvador. And they're all like, we, we try to, we lump them together when we say Hispanic, but like there's so many different expressions of faith within that. And so we're trying to find ways where we can showcase that, where we can mm -hmm. highlight that. So um, she, Isabel, uh, hosts a podcast called Bold, which is about student success. Um, but it's students telling their stories of how they found success, mm -hmm. um, what worked for them and how God factored into their life. And there's students who run across the board. Some of them are athletes. Some of them are interested in becoming doctors. Some of them um, want to open pizzas, like pizza trucks, right? Yeah. Like they're trying to do it and they're all doing it for for reasons to serve the people around them. And you're doing this authenticity thing in a variety of ways, right? Because sometimes authenticity is this very handheld kind of gritty, you know, selfie style video mm -hmm. of, of, of just whatever it is, right? You guys showed yesterday the Leodero video when she, that kind of went viral when she was talking um, about the experience that she was having as she was giving birth to one of her children. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's, it's other things, right? It's a, it's a really, you know, beautifully lit, um, you know, great audio, uh, you know, a podcast studio, like the one you have on campus and creating really beautiful stuff that kind of mm -hmm. hits these platforms and people are like, oh, that's not the kind of Catholic stuff I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Because that's a reality too. And I know you and I have talked about this, but like in terms of this, we have the greatest story. But we're like not in this country. We're we not good storytellers yet. We haven't been and not yeah. good packagers of stuff, right? When people talk about, oh, like the Catholic movie, they're, they're expecting something that looks like it was, you know, shot on, you know, stand SD mm -hmm. and, you know, from 1984 and, you know, it feels like grandma's attic kind of thing. Yeah. And that to me has always been a great sorrow, but like you're doing something about that, right? And you're actually creating this. And in fact, you partner with Word on Fire, which was probably the pioneer in doing beauty Catholic content, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you're kind of taking a page out of that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we think, you know, we talk about um, the, 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 the truth, beauty, and goodness, right? Mm -hmm. Like they all kind of lead into each other and we have truth, right? We have goodness, but the beauty is the thing that we suffer in the most. Um, and it's what the culture needs, right? And I don't think, I, I think when we think of beauty, we think of like the very aesthetics, like renaissance art and like that's not it like mm -hmm. i mean that's part, that's some of it but that's not it what we're trying what we mean by beauty but we mean like beauty in like the moments that we're sharing with people mm -hmm. like beauty in the stories that we're telling right the transformations that are happening it's it's something beyond just the aesthetic just the visual um that we're trying to showcase we want to showcase like real human experience um and so that is that's kind of what we're working on right now right we have we have another podcast called protagonists of change um, that started that. off good. as a, uh, it started off just as an interview show because it, we were in the middle of the pandemic and we're like, well, we need to reach our students somehow. So we partnered with the campus ministry team 
And we just kind of like talked to people about things we thought were interesting. Um, but it slowly shifted into more of a storytelling podcast. And so we're working on season two right now. And hopefully it'll be launched in um, sometime very soon, I think end of August. Um, but we've been more intentional about framing people's narratives. Like, like mm. what was the moment that proved yourself, right? And how did God factor into that? We want to see God at work in people's lives. Um, we tell people we're reverse missionaries, right? Like we're not going out to tell people about Christ. We're going out to find stories of Christ in people's lives mm. and then telling those stories. I love that. Um, and that's, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to find new ways, um, to tell those same stories. And like, I think, you know, the movies are, you know, that's good. Right. But I don't think those hold as much weight as they used to. Yeah. Um, people are still watching movies. Yes. But I think of like my sisters and I think of my cousins and I think of my friends and how much more time I personally spend on, on YouTube or on Instagram or on, you know, I don't use TikTok, so not TikTok, but like those platforms, um, and it's significant, right? I watch I watch movie like maybe like once, twice a week, but I watch YouTube way too much every day. There's been a training that we've done to to the you know to the popular or to the just dominant culture, I guess, of shorter and shorter formats. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the reality. I, I, the 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 thing you mentioned is a truth of younger people. You know, millennials for sure, but Gen Z even more so. And Alpha, I don't know because the data is not yet clear, mm -hmm. but getting somebody to watch a movie. That's a two, two and a half hour commitment, sometimes longer. And if you look at what the studios are doing, when you have big movies, they're usually like Avengers and things like that, mm -hmm. where, where it's part of a cinematic universe and there's 10,000 characters and like there's all this other stuff around it. But like a regular movie, it's tough to get younger people to like get to. That's mm -hmm. just the reality. So you could say, oh, well, that's too bad. Or you could kind of lean into it and do something about it. Yeah. And I think of like what like people are watching now, right? Like there's uh, on, on YouTube, there's people like Air Rack, like Mr. Beast, like sure. Logan Paul, whose content is way better than it should be given mm. <laughs> the kind of person he, he presents himself as. But like they're doing amazing things on the platform. They're doing really good jobs of like retaining and telling beautiful stories and great story arcs. Um, the Logan Paul story that I saw recently was about his quest to get like a, uh, like a Pokemon card from Japan that was like super limited edition. And it's a thing I don't care about. I don't really care about him, but I was enthralled. And like, that is what we should be doing. Sure. Right. We have a better story than that. And how come we're not telling it that way? Yeah. The Pokemon that, card is, uh, we can, we can level that up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. It's like one of 20 in the world. That's amazing. But Christ loves you. Mm. Uh, that like trumps it. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's, that's what we were working towards, right? How do we get that messaging into that type of content in a way that people are like, people want to watch. And if they, if they just stumble on it, they can't click off. I think people sometimes get a little bit uptight about um, the, the, the sort of delivery as opposed to the message, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, as an example, you brought up beauty, right? And the thing of it is, is that a Gothic cathedral or something that's ancient is still beautiful. But if you go back to that time and place a thousand years ago or whenever it was, it was beauty as this sort of aspirational thing, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, um, I see this, the great spires on this cathedral and I'm drawn and, you know, to God and, and aspirational. It's still beauty. I think the beauty of today is rather than aspirationally oriented, it's a beauty that's authenticity oriented mm -hmm. to, to your point, right? So it's still beauty, yeah. but in this time and space, it's being reflected in a different way. And like what you said, it's not necessarily about, you know, there's Jesus, but where's Jesus in you and telling those authentic stories. I think that's just a, a, a function of like where we are right now in yeah. history. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's the same beauty, but people get a little bit out of shape. They're like, well, if it's not this sort of Gothic spire, then, you know, suddenly it doesn't 
it's not beautiful. You know yeah. I mean? And I like that a lot because I mean, I, the church I grew up in was probably made in like 1960, right? It was, it's, it's still not a beautiful church by, you know, the, by those standards. Right. But for me, I, my favorite mass is not something that has like, you know, the organ and like amazing choral harmonies. It's a, a mass where it's an old lady in a guitar scene, sadly. Mm. Like that is, that just hits me like, right. Like, yeah. um, and that's because that's what I grew up with. Sure. So for me, like that, when I get back into those moments or like a mariachi mass, like that's like the big thing for me. That's like the church cathedral mass. That is like the beautiful, like that's, that's going all out. But the old lady with the guitar who's singing slightly out of tune, who's not great at it, but is doing it because she's doing it with love. Like that is beautiful. I want to see the mass in English that has like mariachis and the guys with the standartes and the mandolins in the choir, but in English, like I want to see that. I've never seen it anywhere. It's okay. always like when that happens, it's usually a Spanish mass. Yeah. And there's this huge kind of break between like, wow, that's so folkloric and so amazing. And then like the 9 a.m. mass is like very, very um, solemn and beautiful yeah. and reverent and, and quiet and all that. But I haven't seen that like mix. So you should go to the Basilica of San Juan del Valle in San Juan, Texas. Um, the, I think that it's technically a Spanish mass, um, that they do the mariachi mass at, but they do mariachi songs in English. Mm, um, and that's it, interesting too. Yeah. But it was so in, in the, in the real Grande Valley where I'm from, it's such an interesting culture because it's largely Hispanic, largely Mexican monoculture. Everybody there is not necessarily fluent in English and Spanish, but like around it all, all the time. Hmm. Um, so we have the, one of like the, the, it's one of the rare places in the world where you can slip back and forth into the languages and nobody's going to think anything of it, right? I can talk to somebody at the store all in English and that. they can respond all in Spanish and I'll go back all in English and nobody thinks it's weird. It's just that the way it works. It's just the way it works. And so the mass happens that way. Oh, wow. But it happens cool. that way in an authentic way, right? I know in Houston- Because bilingual masses don't do that. Yeah. Bilingual mass is like terrible. Everybody hates it. It's like, yeah. you know, we've got this part in English, this part in Spanish. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. And it's, it's confusing people, right? And I think because there, like we have, everybody has a foot in both worlds. Like even in the homilies, like mid-sentence, the priests will go from English to Spanish and you're just like- Nobody thinks anything. It's, it's not weird. That's the way everybody talks. Yeah. You know what's crazy about this too is that um, I also find that God uses all my secular experience to kind of bleed into the church stuff, mm -hmm. just like we've been talking about. When I was at Me Too, which was a secular brand that was focused on young Latinos. Which I right? love, actually. I grew up, yeah, I watched a lot go. of that. You, yeah. you grew up on it. It's true. Yeah. When we started that in 2013 or mm -hmm. 12 or whatever it was, so it's been a decade now. But um, one of the most successful franchises we ever did was called Mariachi Fi which was a mariachi group, but doing like, um, you know, kind of pop culture standards. Mm -hmm. And this thing, when we did a mariachi band doing Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones theme music, dude, this thing just blew up. Mm -hmm. And it was these, you know, these guys playing that theme music, but we did it with a, a, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, I love the mariachi Bruno Mars song, um, the the Marry Me song. Mm. Like I, we had a mariachi at our wedding and we were very tempted to have them play that song. But I think by that point it was already played out. So we was like, maybe not. Yeah, we'll hold off But it's that. so good. It's still good. But that actually had, you know, when we did that, it had tremendous engagement. So so I think the the um, the learning there for me is that people pay more attention to that stuff mm -hmm. because you're hitting on that cultural piece, but you're also doing you're also acknowledging like how they operate and where they live and all that. Yeah. And we haven't been able to bring some of that in, you know, into the way that we approach things. And I'm not advocating that we have like a new right or something, but, yeah. but the idea of engagement, particularly for younger people who are coming from Latino backgrounds is multifaceted. It takes a variety of things mm -hmm. and liturgy is, is one of them. And, and yeah. stu the stuff that you're doing is a, is like another part of it. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I know. So we, you had met, you had mentioned the, uh, the mass of the Americas to me and I was lucky enough to, to go to the mass of the Americas here um, at, at Napa. And, um, what blew me away, like, like I almost cried 
was when they did the Alleluia to the Manonitas. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I recognize this. This is something. And then I clicked and I was like, oh, oh man. Yeah. And then like the Guadalupana all the way through it. Like it was like, I saw myself. Yeah. That's, and it was weird. And it was all in English. And it, yeah. and it still had like beautiful kind of, you know, Gregorian style stuff. Yeah. But it was incorporating this great patrimony. And it, yeah. I, I don't know how he did it. Like, uh, who's a, it was a LaRocca, I believe. It was Frank LaRocca, who's yeah. been on this show, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. But like, yeah, it was like it hit. It, like, shout, it hit hard. Shout out to Frank. He lives yeah. in Southern California. Oh, he's awesome. a super great guy. We had like a two hour show. And I mean, God, like just blew my mind because he's yeah. like talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that. And this was the um, kind of parish version of mm-hmm, that of mm-hmm. that mass because there's like a more solemn version that's even, you, you would cry even more if you heard that. But it was the one thing that they, that Archbishop, well, I don't know if it was Archbishop Corleone. Yeah, no, he was the presider there. Um, but they didn't mention so much is... Um, the core kind of reason for that mass, mm-hmm. right? And reason number one was the unification of the Anglo and Latino communities in the yeah. United States. That was like literally the starting point of mm-hmm. why to do this. And I thought that they executed that beautifully, but it, you know, it takes work, it takes work to do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how long it took them to write that, but I know um, from other musicians that I know, like even just writing like, like basic, like rock songs, right? It takes time. It so takes I can't imagine how much time it took to write an entire mass. A mass setting can take years. My brother is a composer and, okay, yeah. and does this as well. He said um, he's written a number of masses for the, the sisters in Alhambra and for his own monastery, et cetera. But yeah, he works on that stuff forever. I mean, because you got to get this stuff right. And you got to pray over it too. Yeah, it's not absolutely. just like, you know, I feel inspired out of the shower and just, oh, this is great jingle. Like it's, it takes, you know, time to put that together. Yeah. But it's all part of the kind of stuff that I think we need to do more of. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to Max uh, Studios, what, what are you, like, what's on the roadmap? For, for this thing for you. Yeah. So we are, so we're looking for, for new people to partner with, right? We want to help people learn how to tell stories. We want to, um, we want to find new ways to engage our culture around them. So, um, what that looks like is, um, growing our team. I know it's right now it's myself, Bridget, and then we have uh, Isabel, who's one of our interns, who's a host. And then we have another student named Elijah who actually edits the show. Um, we're helping them learn how to run the, their show by themselves. So they should be doing that starting this fall. So once we have that going, like we're going to start having them recruit students to help out and be part of that because we want to grow that on our campus. We want to give our students um, the ability to do these things and empower them to do this because they are the ones who are the future of the church, yeah. right? All the, you know, all the Hispanic, black, Muslim, you know, all the students that we have there, like, like we need them to do this work. So that's, that's a big piece, right? Training the students to, to take, to take charge and to have like leadership and take ownership of this. Um, but the second thing we want to do is we're also trying to find ways to continue to, to showcase what faith looks like across, um, across the country, because it's very different in so many different places. So, um, we're working on developing new shows with Spoke Street. Um, we want to do a marriage. Which this show is on. Yeah. Shout out to Spoke Street. Yeah, they're awesome. And so yeah. we're working on developing a podcast on marriage. Um, and we want to make sure that when we do that, it's, it's diverse marriages, right? We want mm. to talk to people who are interracial relationships, interfaith relationships, who are who are struggling with different things, who've overcome different things. We want to make it not just like, oh, yeah, being married is awesome and we're happy and we're so in love and we're Catholic. By the way, just sorry to interrupt you, but just a a quick note on the background of that, um, because I don't know if you know this or if I've mentioned in the past, but one of the biggest changes in the last 10 years is the growth of the multiracial America. Mm -hmm. And it's a very new thing. There's Mm -hmm. been like something like 15 million 
uh, multiracial Americans in the last decade that have been yeah. added, you know, and it's this dynamic of us kind of living in a, le- in a more, uh, sorry, less stratified way mm-hmm. anymore than we used to. There's always been, you know, different communities, but we haven't like kind of gelled as much as we're gelling now. So yeah. it's like a real insight that you just described. Yeah. And so I, I mean, it's going to be important to talk about it, right? And um, I, the product of an interracial relationship, Bridges herself is in an interracial uh, interracial relationship. Um, so I think like, yeah, we're pretty qualified to talk about that. And that's totally first century, by the way. You yeah. go back to first century Christianity and it's like, that's all that you saw. You yeah. know what I mean? And you had uh, different nationalities and races. And I mean, look at where this stuff happened. It happened in the Near East and it happened in Rome. It's like, those are melting pots of all yep. kinds of cultures. We just kind of forgot a little bit. Yeah. About yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited for that project because we can take, we can take like really challenging things, right? Really challenging things and talk about it with joy and talk about it with love. Awesome. Um, and then kind of showcase like, all right, like, yeah, like uh, your, your Catholic marriage isn't going to be perfect and it's not going to be easy, but it does require you to put in the work because I mean, God loves you and we're supposed to be like reflections of that. Um, and it's not easy for us because we're imperfect and we're broken. Do you also see Mac Studios as like, uh, in some way, uh, sort of a platform for, for voices too? Because I mean, you do a lot of practical stuff. You, you're talking about how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. E- evangelizing, like you literally break down, this is Facebook, this is Instagram. There's like this very beautifully done, but utilitarian aspect to it mm-hmm. that, that shows people, don't be afraid of this stuff. Here's how to how use it for evangelization, right? Convert the super highway for God, right? Absolutely. There's that part of it. But then you've also got like really interesting voices that mm-hmm. are kind of now starting to revolve around this thing. Do you, do you see that over time kind of playing a role? Absolutely. I, I think that's really important, right? Because we need to make sure that people who don't historically have a platform um, or have opportunities to share their 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 stories, their histories, their experiences can do that because that's the only way we can learn from each other, right? Mm. We 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 can't say like we need to treat this group of people better until they tell us like, hey, this is what's happening, yeah. And we're actually there to listen to be like, oh, that's that's what's happening, okay? Like, yeah, I, I believe you, yeah. Um, and that that is the hardest thing that's been happening in our country, right? We like somebody says what you did hurt, mm. and we're just like, no, it didn't, and it's like, yeah, but it did. Like, no, I know it didn't hurt you. Like, and that's the way we act. And it's and like, when we say it like that simplified, it's so stupid. Mm. But like, that is the way we act towards each other. We're like little three-year-olds, like saying like, like oh, I'm hurt. Like, no, no. Like, yeah, you're whatever. fine. But like, if we're like, hey, I hurt you. Like, oh, how did I hurt you? You did this thing. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm. And this is how I'm going to be better. Mm. Like, and then, they, and hopefully they reciprocate when they do the same thing to you. Like, that is, that, like, it's, 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 you, I learned this in my marriage, right? It's constantly dying to yourself. Yeah. Because, course. like, I mean, I could be obstinate, but then, like, that doesn't help my wife and that doesn't help me. Um, but it took me until my marriage to learn that. Oh, marriage yeah. is like, a, dude, that thing is a, is a grace engine. You yeah. know what I mean? The sacrament is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think I attribute, I don't know, whatever wisdom I have, 85% to the sacrament of marriage because it just, it's like a superconductor of like grace. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you learn and things that you thought were like, oh, this is how I felt about things, but you see them in a new light through Absolutely. that sacrament. And so that podcast sounds amazing if we're going to be able to see some of that yeah. stuff. And I, and I agree with you that this idea of kind of being a platform is important because a lot of folks you know, out there in, in, our, in our world, some of the voices, you know, are well-known and there's mm-hmm. a lot of other voices that are lesser known that are kind of doing their own thing, but 
this idea of kind of attracting all of these you know mm-hmm. voices into one area i think it'd yeah. be super cool and i'll be i'll be very transparent for a moment like in the uh the new evangelization the new media um it's it's not as diverse as we hoped it would have been mm. right um, like the people we have are, are amazing and I love all of them and they're of all amazing they're people all and I'm so happy that we got them. Yeah. I just wish we could have a, had a little bit more diversity, but, um, it was challenging finding people who wanted to be on. We reached out to some people and they're just kind of like, ah, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, some, some cited, uh, kind of like word on fires, you know, history and some other things. And it's like, okay, like I, like that's fair. It's a, that's super interesting. Yeah. But. Like this was such, this could have been such an amazing opportunity. I've got a long list of people that I've literally written down myself. I'm like, nobody, this list doesn't exist, so I'm going to write it. And yeah. I have, like, I have a list of people that I'd love to share with you. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. are, that are folks who'd go like, uh, yeah, I'm in, when can I be there? Um, but they're all come from, from different communities. Cause yeah. that's a big part of this show too, was when I, you know, when I started it, of course I want to talk about influence and I want to talk about living a Catholic life in an integrated mm-hmm. way, but I really want to emphasize voices that come from, you know, communities and cultures that don't oftentimes get that kind of platform or at least ones that, that, that have a special place in their heart for, Mm -hmm. for them. You know what I mean? Um, And I've been blessed on this show, the kind of folks who've who've been, and just on my own, been able to kind of get. But you have to compile a list yourself, right? Like I, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Literally put it. Because we've done like, I mean, all the, when you do any Google searches, like the ones that come up or like they're, you know, they, they tend to be Anglo, which is cool. Like, that's awesome. Like they're doing great work. But it's, it makes it more challenging to find like people of color from other or people from other backgrounds or people from other experiences to get on there. And so you have to put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and most people aren't aren't putting in that work to find that. You have to be intentional about it. Intentional. Yeah. That's the word. I say this to everybody. It's like it's going to take a little bit of work. You know, changing your water hole, your watering hole requires work. Mm-hmm. Like you've been doing the same thing, kind of drawing from the same pool, having the same kind of conversation, developing the same format, doing the same show. It's like, yeah, now you're going to change that. Guess what? It requires work, energy, yeah. intention, but it's possible for sure. And and I, I would argue it's kind of urgent right now. It so is, yeah. Anything that we can do in that regard is a good thing. Yeah. And I want to tie it back to Napa really quick yeah, because ahead. I did have a, a couple conversations with different people who, who acknowledge that, mm. who are saying that what we're doing is exciting because they, 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 they haven't seen people like us doing this kind of work and they know that this is a need and they're trying to figure that out themselves. Um, and they, yeah, then for some of them, they don't know where to start either because like, yeah, we're in our watering hole, right? We, we get that. Um, so people are opening their eyes to the fact that this needs to happen and they're, they're starting to put the work in. And I'm really excited for that. I've definitely um, seen a change in Napa, Darno, because I mean, just even from one year to the next, I mean, folks like you, even folks, you know, like, like my friend, Peter Rex, who was, who did a, a keynote last night, mm-hmm. he is not your typical, you know, khaki blue blazer dude. He's not, he, he's an Anglo guy, but he, he's got a different way of presenting stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's been a little bit more of that. Hey, w- sort of like what's happening. There's like at the fringes, new ways to do things kind of different and, and maintaining a sense of, of, of faithfulness, a sense of orthodoxy, mm-hmm. because I do think there's this weird thought that if we get out and we talk to the guy who looks like the Mexican deal, maybe I'm going to drift in terms of orthodoxy. And that's not the case. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But so I've seen more, um, I don't know how to say it, like more kind of culture, a little bit more kind of vibe here this year than I did in previous years while still being really faithful people doing really great work. Absolutely. And I'm super happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm excited to see what the next year is going to bring because um, we walked away from this with a lot of people that we've met and a lot of people who were like, Hey, we want to, let's collaborate. Let's figure something out. Um, so to see what that looks like in a year, like um, our boss is like, what do you guys want to do? Where do you guys want to be? What do you guys, how do you guys want to grow? 
and he's given it to us. That sounds like a good boss. Yeah, and so it's kind of like, oh man, how how do how do we do this? Yeah. So it's 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 almost too much at once, but like yeah, that's awesome. Like we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna do this. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for what the next year is going to hold. And hopefully we'll be back here next year um, presenting a new project or even just meeting new people. Well, awesome. I'll give you one name from my list just because she happens to be here. But Monse Alvarado, I don't know if you've if you've spent any time with Monse. I've not. Dude, I mean, she's Oprah. It's basically, it's <laughs> Latina Oprah is what it is. Latina Catholic Oprah. She's a powerhouse. She's also been on the show, although it was in a previous iteration. we got to bring her back and have a new conversation. But um, I know i got to get you to an airplane, dude. So I, I'm, I'm mindful of that. What a privilege it is to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Real it's been a privilege, privilege for me too. Um, to get to know you and the work that you're doing. And, you know, my great prayer is just like more, more, more continued prosperity. Like just, you know, dream it, do it. It's there. I'm sure you're going to be involved in the, nat- the National Eucharistic Congress in some way with content. There's so much story potential mm-hmm. there. So I'm just super pumped that you're there, that you're doing what you're doing. And, and just, you know, my, my prayers for you and all the team there. Uh, on continuing that great mission. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. And if you're listening to myself and Darnell, that means it's time to subscribe. Please share this episode, this special Napa series. We've got a lot of interesting conversations with people that are on their walk, people struggling or trying to live an integrated Catholic life. Bring them these interesting voices to help them, to guide them, to inspire them to do new things. And we'll see you again next time on Living the Call.